Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. Some of the things that he was explaining was just so simple, but it was truth that just hit right home. He's changed my life. He's changed my walk. I have a hunger for God now that I've never had before. And this is just the beginning. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Wednesday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today, I'm continuing to talk about living in God's best. I tell you, most of us are settling for far less than God's best, and we aren't going to receive God's best in our life unless we pursue it. If we pursue it, we'll get it. If we doubt, we do without. I got a book on this entitled Living in God's Best. It's a hardback copy. And then we also have CDs and DVDs on this. And this is now in the middle of my third week of teaching on this. I've already said a lot. I hadn't got time to go back through that. But I've been trying to make the point the last day or two about the blessing of God being just His favor. But it's always spoken. God releases a blessing in your life by speaking over you. God created the heavens and the earth by words. It says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. That's true of us and the words that we speak. We were created in God's image, and we also have creative power in our words, but it's especially true of God. Plus, God has never violated His Word. He has never lied. He's never done anything to weaken or diminish the power in His words. When God speaks something over you, it is a blessing of God and it is powerful. There is nothing any greater. And yesterday I was using Abraham as an example, how that God said, I will bless you and make your name great. And by God speaking favor over him, Abraham began to prosper even when he was wrong. In the 12th chapter, we talked about that with him lying about Sarah being his wife. And even though he was in the wrong, God corrected the other person, not Abraham, because Abraham was blessed. God deals with us based on covenant, not based on performance. God has given a blessing. Every person who's been born again has had God's supernatural favor spoken over you. You've had the power of God released unto you, but you have to cooperate with it. You have to believe and respond to God positively in order to get the blessing manifest. And so we were talking about Abraham and all of this. And again, I could spend the whole time talking about just Abraham and how the blessing of God increased in his life as he continued to follow and believe God. Let me turn over to the 27th chapter of the book of Genesis and read this about Abraham's grandsons, Esau and Jacob. Abraham's son, Isaac, was born, and it was a miracle birth because uh, Abraham was about 100 years old and Sarah was 91 years old when Isaac was born. So this was a miracle birth. This wasn't just a blessing. Now, the blessing caused it. God had spoken that he would have children and that they would be as numerous as the stars in the sky or the grains of sand on the seashore. So the blessing of God had been spoken, but it took a miracle to bring that blessing to pass. I mean, it's not normal for a woman after she's already been through menopause to all of a sudden be restored and be able to have a child. So there, there was a miracle involved in it, but it was the blessing of God that started this whole thing. 
And so Isaac was born. And then Isaac had two children because his wife also was barren like Sarah was. And Rebecca was barren. And God uh, healed Rebecca and she had twins. And the oldest, the firstborn was Esau. And the secondborn was Jacob. And Isaac, the father, loved Esau because he was a man's man. He was a hunter. And he was this tough, you know, outdoors type person. But Jacob was the favorite of Rebekah. And so anyway, the, the father and mother split over this. I'm sure that this caused division and contention and competition among the children. And in the 27th chapter is when Isaac was old. It says here in chapter 27, verse 1, And it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see he called Esau his eldest son and said unto him, My son. And he said unto him, Behold, here am I. And he said, Behold, now I am old and know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver and thy bow, and go out to the field and take me some venison and make me savory meat such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul may bless thee before I die. Now here is Isaac wanting to bless Esau. And again, you know, if you are just watching this program and don't get this in its context, you miss some of the power of this. But God blessed Abraham, and it was what God spoke over Abraham that made him so rich, so influential, so prosperous in every area of his life. And then Abraham passed this blessing on to his son, Isaac, the one it's writing about right here. And in, I think it's the 26th chapter, it says that the king of Gerar came out and after Abraham had died, said, you are now the blessed of the Lord. Not only Abraham and Isaac recognized that it was God's spoken favor over him that made him prosperous, but kings of other nations recognized it. And they told Isaac, you need to depart from us because you are so prosperous and so rich that your net worth is worth more than our entire national product. They said, we can't bear you. And they specifically attributed it to the blessing of the Lord. So this blessing of the Lord was what made Abraham prosperous and what made Isaac prosperous. And he was wanting to pass this blessing, this spoken favor of God on to Esau, his favorite son. And so Esau departed to go out and hunt and get some venison and then prepare it for his father. But Rebekah, Isaac's wife, Jacob's mother, she heard what Isaac had said to Esau. And so she went and got Jacob and she says, quick, you go get two kids of the goats and you bring them to me and I'm going to prepare them. And, uh, you know, to me, it seems like you should be able to tell the difference between mutton and venison. But it does say that Isaac was old. His eyes were set. He couldn't see very good. It's possible that his taste buds weren't as good as they should. But anyway, she figured that she could deceive her husband, Isaac, into thinking that this was venison. And she told Jacob to uh, go in and present himself as Esau, because again, it says that Isaac's eyes were set. He couldn't see very well. And so they were going to deceive uh, Jacob's father into thinking he was Esau and then put the blessing of Abraham that Isaac had inherited and put it upon Jacob. Now, there's a number of things in this, but first of all, let me just say that most of us, you wouldn't have gone to this effort. 
because most of us don't believe in the power of words. We don't believe in the power of a blessing. Let me just ask you this way. How many of you, when you left home, fought with your siblings to get your father's blessing? I bet you that out of the millions of people watching this program, there's very, very few. You could probably count them on one hand. The people who even thought about getting their parents' blessing, much less would have fought with a sibling over this blessing. See, we just don't put this kind of importance on words. Most of us, you didn't care what your parents had to say about you, good or bad. There are many of you watching that you left under a curse instead of a blessing, and you didn't care about it because you didn't think that words matter. Again, I refer back to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Words are important, and our Western mindset does not put this importance on words but God's word does, and the Bible is the correct attitude on it. And I tell you, there are some of you that are experiencing problems today, and you may not connect the dots and see this, but it's because you were cursed as a child. Your parents may have cursed you, and then you rebelled, and then when you left, they spoke curses over you. Or it could have been a previous mate that cursed you, or it could have been a boss that cursed you, or it could have been a school teacher or somebody of influence in your life who's spoken words over you. Most of us don't connect these dots and see that this is the problem, but I tell you, words are powerful. And so here we see Jacob and Esau fighting and competing to get their father's blessings. This puts a huge importance on the blessing. And Jacob even told his mother, Rebecca, says, what if he discerns that I'm not Esau? Instead of getting a blessing, I'll get a curse. He was afraid that if he was discovered that instead of a blessing, he'd get a curse. Did you know most of us wouldn't care? What does it matter? Who cares what they say about me? It doesn't matter what anybody says. It does matter what people say about you. Words are powerful. And I'm telling you, the scripture is relating the proper attitude of words. The only reason that all of the negative things that are spoken over us don't just automatically come to pass and destroy our life is you have to believe it in order for those curses or blessings to have any power in your life. If you don't believe it, you may void some of the curses that have been spoken about you, but also if you don't believe in the power of words, you're gonna also void the power of any blessing that's been spoken over you. We need to believe in the power of words. We need to discredit, to disesteem, to reject any curses that have been spoken, but we need to believe in the promises of God and specifically what the Word of God has to say about us. So anyway, this story goes on that Jacob went in and he actually put on his brother's clothes. And when uh, his father Isaac, uh, he smelled him and he says, oh, the smell of my son. So apparently Esau uh, he didn't launder his clothes very well. He had a distinct smell about him, an odor. And also Jacob had to put the skins of the animals that he had killed, the sheep, on the back of his hands and on the back of his neck in case his father felt him. And so his father said, I, I hear the voice of Jacob, but he says the hands are the hands of Esau. The smell is the smell of Esau. And so he didn't discern this. And so he went ahead and placed a blessing upon Jacob. And so Jacob had no sooner left 
Then Esau came in and he said, Father, rise and eat and bless me. And Jacob, I mean, uh, Isaac said, who are you? And he said, I'm your firstborn, Esau. And when he heard this, let me just read some of this to you. This is out of, again, out of Genesis chapter 27. And in verse 32, it says, And Isaac, his father, said unto him, unto Esau, Who art thou? And he said, I am thy son, thy firstborn, Esau. And Isaac trembled very exceedingly and said, Where is he that hath taken venison and brought it to me? And I have eaten of all before thou camest, and I have blessed him, yea, and he shall be blessed. And when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry and said unto his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. Now again, this shows you the power of words and how people felt about it. Because when Isaac heard that he had blessed Jacob instead of Esau, he trembled exceedingly. Again, see with us, most of us, if we say something and then it turns out that it's not what we wanted to say, it doesn't work out right, we just say, well, King's X, time's out. You know, I X that out. I didn't mean that. And we think that words can just be violated and stuff, but words are powerful. It says in Psalms chapter 15, verse four, but it says that a godly man will swear to his own hurt and not change. Did you know if you are a godly person, when you say something, even if it works out to your disadvantage, you do not just sit there and say, well, I didn't mean that. I'm not going to honor my word. If you are a godly person, first of all, you don't say things you don't mean. But if you do say something and it gets you in trouble, you are going to honor your word. You will not break your word. You know, I could unplug right here from talking about the blessing and go over to Mark chapter 11, where Jesus said that you have to say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea and not doubt in your heart, but believe that the words that you say come to pass. And if you will do that, then you will have whatsoever you say. One of the reasons we don't have that kind of a result in our life is because we say things all of the time and then violate it. And so our heart it has been trained that, you know what, you don't mean what you say. You say you're going to be someplace at seven o'clock and you don't get there until 710. You, you don't honor your word. You tell people that you're going to do this and then you don't do it. We, we violate things. We exaggerate. And every time we do that, we are confusing our heart and we are teaching our heart that we don't believe in the power of words. In order for you to have what you say, you've got to believe in your heart and not doubt that what you say comes to pass. And you can't just save up for something that, you know, like as a healing and say, I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that I'm healed. And all of a sudden you believe that. But then you say 10 things during the day that are just totally wrong and you don't mean it. And you tell people you're going to do something and you don't follow through. You can't do that. You've either got to be all in believing in the power of words or all out believing that they don't mean anything. You just can't switch back and forth like that. So anyway, words are powerful. And when Isaac saw that he had spoken words over Jacob that he intended to be for Esau, he says, I can't reverse it. I can't change it. He's blessed and he is going to be blessed. And then when Esau saw it, he cried and lifted up his voice with a loud cry. He didn't just say, well, it doesn't matter whether you said this over 
uh, Jacob instead of over me. No, he knew the power of words, and he knows that once those words are gone out, you can't just call them back. I tell you, this is powerful, and it shows you that a blessing, this is the way God looks at things. Once God goes to speaking a blessing over you, God will never take those words back. And I'm going to get into this probably, it'll be next week before I get into the meat of it, but I'm just going to go through and start showing you some of the blessings that God has spoken over you through His Word. These were all at one time words that came from God. Now, people have taken them and written them down. And then there's other scriptures like in Romans chapter 2 that says God is no respecter of persons. If he spoke these blessings to other people, they also will apply to you if you will receive it by faith the way that they did. And so I'm going to go through and start showing you this. But first of all, you got to believe in the power of words. Words are important. And you need to go to speaking the blessing of God over you. You need to speak the blessing of God over other people. You don't need to curse your children. You don't need to curse the people that we work for. You know, there was an instance where a man came to me one time, and he was just mad. He had worked for this company. I forget the exact number of years, but it was like 15, 20 years or something. He was the oldest employee. He was with this guy when he started the company. And yet that company had grown. The man had brought in other people and had promoted them. And this guy that I was talking to was still one of the lowest paid, lowest esteemed employees in the entire company. And he was mad about it. And he said, these other people have been promoted. He's brought in other people. And I, I've done all of these things. I've been working for him for decades. And he was just grabbing. And you know what he was doing? He was cursing his boss. He wouldn't have used that word, but he was complaining. He was saying every negative thing that his boss had done, and he just griped and complained. And so I told him, I said, well, no wonder you haven't been promoted with that attitude. I said, people don't promote stinking thinking like what you're doing and a wrong attitude. So anyway, he decided that he was going to start praying for his boss, and he was going to start blessing his boss, and he was going to forgive his boss for the way that his boss had treated him. So anyway, he came to me in a couple of weeks and he says, you aren't going to believe what happened. He says, I honestly started blessing my boss. I started praying for him, speaking good things over him. I asked God to forgive me for my bitterness and my unforgiveness towards him, etc. And I just started speaking good things over him. And I started working as hard as I could to help make him a success. And one day his boss came through, and I forgot what he said, but he said something that was negative. And this man just looked at him and he says, I forgive you. And his boss got mad. Forgive me. What do you have to forgive me for? And anyway, he blasted him and then he walked off. But in a little while, he came back and he says, what are you talking about? You forgive me. And this guy told him, he says, I was your first employee. I've worked for you for decades. You've promoted these other people. I feel like it's been unjust, many of the things that have been done to me. But he says, I realize that I have been wrong. I have been, I've had a bad attitude. I've said negative things about you. And he just repented. And he says, he says, I forgive you. And he says, I want you to forgive me for my wrong attitude. And it turns out that this boss, God just touched his heart and he opened up to this guy and he says, you know, you don't know this, but I've been going through a divorce and I've had all of these pressures and I've been having these things. And he just says, I'm sorry, I haven't treated you right. 
And the long and the short of it is that this guy that had come to see me, he got promoted to one of the top positions in the company. His salary was doubled and he was given a two week paid vacation by this boss because he quit cursing his boss and speaking negative about it and instead started speaking positive. He repented of his wrong attitude and the curses that he had said, etc. and everything turned around. And it turned around because of words and because of a heart attitude. It's not only words. You have to believe what you're saying. It says over in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says, If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. See here again, it's talking about words. If you will use words, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Salvation is voice activated. You have to confess Jesus as your Lord. And then the next verse, in verse 10, it says, For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's not just saying words. See, this is where some people have gone so wrong. They've heard somebody talk about the power of words, and so they go out and they say, Well, I'm healed. But they didn't believe it with their heart. You have to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. With the heart, man believes, and with the mouth, confession is made. See, you have to combine these two. This is the reason that when we say stupid things like, this scared me to death, and we speak these negative things, the reason you don't fall over dead immediately is because you didn't believe that with your heart. But does that mean that it's free, that we're free just to go ahead and say these things as long as we don't believe it? Well, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. And did you know when you just continually speak negative things over you, if you don't believe it with your heart, it may not come to pass immediately, but you keep speaking negative things and you will go to believing these negative things that you say. So we shouldn't speak negative things. But the reason you don't just instantly fall over dead when you say this scares me to death is because you didn't believe it with your heart. But you still shouldn't be saying that. You ought to use your words to direct your heart in the way that you want it to go. And you also, you could believe something in your heart, but if you're afraid to speak it, it will hinder it from coming to pass. You know, on my program yesterday, I mentioned that on January the 31st, 2002, the Lord spoke to me that I was limiting him by my small thinking. And one of the ways that I was limiting him was I was afraid to speak out my vision and tell people what I really was believing God had told me and wanted me to do because I didn't want the rejection of people. I didn't want their criticism. And so I believed in my heart, but I wasn't confessing with my mouth. And I had to get to a place to where I believed it so strongly that I didn't care whether people accepted or not, whether they believed or not. I was going to start believing in my heart and confessing with my mouth. And when I put those two together, we have seen God just release his power and his blessing in my life and in this ministry in a supernatural way. We're reaching more people than we've ever reached before. And it's just getting started. The best is yet to come. Andrew has many conferences and seminars around the globe each year. For the latest information on Andrew's complete speaking schedule, visit our website at awmi.net slash events. Today you can get Andrew's teaching, Living in God's Best, in a hardback book for a gift of any amount when you contact us. 
I like to encourage you to get these materials that I'm offering. I've got this hardcover book on living in God's best. We've got a study guide, which is 475 pages. And this is specifically designed so that you can disciple other people in this. We've also got this book in Spanish. We've got a series that was recorded live, and then we have a CD set and a DVD set. But I tell you, this teaching on living in God's best is absolutely life-changing if you will listen to it and then heed it and act on it. So please check it out today. Andrew's entire series, Living in God's Best, is available as a book in either English or Spanish, as a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast, or as a CD or DVD album recorded live from a Gospel Truth seminar. You can also get this teaching as a companion study guide. The study guide will deepen your personal understanding and is perfect for home groups or Sunday schools. Each of these valuable resources are available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. This entire series is also available for audio download absolutely free from our website. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. The individual topic highlighted on today's broadcast is available as an audio CD for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or you can call our helpline at 719-635-1111. Our helpline is open Monday through Friday, 24 hours a day, and Saturday and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Mountain Time. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. You know, the Lord has given me a huge vision and we've been blessed up to this point, but I've still got so much that God's leading me to do. I'm believing God for 10,000 new partners. We've already got over $120 million worth of buildings in just the last nine years, but I've got at least $100 million worth, maybe $200 million worth of buildings still in my heart for our students, for an activity center. We've got a new student housing that we've got a preliminary drawing of that is showing you a little idea of what it would look like. This one would house about 120 people. Our others are gonna be smaller with maybe somewhere around 40 people per dorm, but we need this student housing and we need people to become partners. I'm believing for 10,000 new partners. I would ask you to pray about it, and if the Lord says so, join with us and help us change people's lives through Karis Bible College. Bring Karis with you wherever you go with our new Karis app. Download your app today. Man, before I came to Karis, I was so broken. I dealt a lot with anxiety and depression. I didn't really realize I could have an actual relationship with God. When I came here, I started to see God like 
You know, he just wants to have a relationship with me. It totally transformed the way I look at God. God longs to have fellowship with you. This is where faith comes from. It's not just head knowledge, Bible school knowledge, it's revelation knowledge that changes you. Just been set free from a lot of the bondage I was in. I haven't been depressed in so long. Pretty awesome having that just weight lifted and putting on Jesus' yoke. You come here and you meet God personally and then He gives you a whole new direction. This is a time, this is a season of your life that God's wanting to show you who you really are and what He's wanting to do in your life. If you have a desire for Bible college, God's the one that put it there. If you're considering coming to Karis, I just want to say it's going to be one of the best decisions you've made in your life.